I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. It is slightly after 7 o'clock on August 19th. It is a Wednesday. I am here in Southern California where it has been hot and sticky. Not only has it been in the hundreds, but the humidity yesterday and today is up there. So it is very, very unsafe heat for people outside, out and about, because when the humidity is way high, your body doesn't uh, cool off when it perspires because there, in the dry heat, you perspire and your body cools a little bit. Uh, when it's damp out, when it's sticky out, uh, you don't get that evaporation off the skin. So uh, definitely, definitely be careful if you are anywhere in the Southland. Um, there have been record temperatures in Arizona, in the Phoenix area. There have been record temperatures in uh, Death Valley in Central California. So um, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to take care of yourself. Um, some, some wicked weather. Ooh, what a wicked weather game we play. Um, and, and with that, California has actually had um, rolling blackouts for the first time in quite a while. And when they do a rolling blackout, you're without power for an hour, roughly. And so, um, you know, if your section of your city gets hit with rolling blackouts, then, um, uh, you know, you need to uh, keep everything closed up, keep the cool temperatures in as much as you can, and try not to move around very much. Um, hug a bag of ice if you've got it. And you might want to consider getting a bag of ice and putting it in your freezer. And then if uh, you get a blackout, move that bag of ice into your refrigerator, preferably on the top shelf, because cool air will fall. And just leave it in there and keep everything closed up during the power outage. And that'll help keep everything in your fridge nice and cool during that hour that you have to deal with that. If you don't know what time or if you're one of those who might get uh, selected in rolling outages, you can go to Southern California Edison's website and they will identify which sections uh, you put in your zip code and actually if you go to your bill and you can go to your bill electronically online there's a code in there that will identify which block of the grid you are in and then you can go look up and see if you are scheduled to have a rolling outage and you may not have uh, you may not even be scheduled you may be scheduled and they don't get to you but at least you can see where you're at and when that might happen so that if, uh, if you know, we start running out of power in the state um, because everybody's got their air conditioners going full blast, uh, then that could be um, something that uh, you can at least be ready for because you'll know you're in the list of people that might be um, on the rolling outages. The other thing we can all do is keep the power, keep the lights turned off, keep the, uh, you know, don't do laundry uh, in the middle of the day don't run your dishwasher in the middle of the day um, you know do that stuff in the early morning in the evenings when uh, the load is not as heavy and uh, you know uh, we all got to pitch in and do our best so that uh, people don't suffer too much it is really really warm and toasty out there and we should band together in the brotherhood of mankind and give each, each other a virtual hug while social distancing <laughs> um, uh, let's see what else is going on in the world um, you know we were talking about Britney Spears earlier on the radio show and having made her wishes known something that we didn't make note of was the fact that 
she uh, didn't just publicly like tweet or post that she didn't want her dad to be the only conservator, uh, but that she would like somebody else involved in that process. She actually had her attorney do that, and that her attorney is then approaching the court that appointed the conservatorship and saying, hey, you know, Brittany's wishes are that, that it be somebody in addition to her dad. She's fine with her dad doing it, but she wants somebody overseeing what he's doing just to be sure that, that everything's being handled fairly. And, and I think that's probably um, appropriate. And clearly she's, you know, thinking clear enough that she had her attorney step forward and say, hey, this is, you know, something she would like. So, you know, I can't imagine that the judge would go, nope, 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 sorry, he's the only one who can handle your money. That's it, it's him. Um, but he might have somebody review it and say, okay, everything's fine. You know, we don't, don't need to appoint somebody else to do this. He's doing a good job. Or he may review it and say, well, maybe she's right. That maybe he's not the right guy to do it. Maybe there's somebody else or maybe there sh he should have some oversight as well. Um, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing, you know, when you have to intimately tie your finances into um, some family member and they then have control over your access to money that you have earned. I mean, she's 38 years old and she still, you know, has to go to daddy to, to get money to do things. And clearly she's shown that she has some mental illness and she has to deal, you know, that it's probably a good idea that she has somebody that holds the purse strings for her. Um, but, uh, you know, you get uh, uh, occasional checks to make sure that that person is uh, is doing things properly is probably appropriate. It always just feels a little awkward when it's like your parent, you know, and you're like, well, I just want to make sure that my dad isn't cheating me. Um, you know, that's that's a horrible way to, to say it, but it's, you know, whether it's your dad or somebody else, anybody who's managing your money should probably get checked, audited, verified every so often uh, even if you're just investing money with somebody if you have like a business manager or investment manager that person probably should get checked every once in a while by an outside person or if you've got the skill set to do it yourself you should go verify and, and get satisfactory answers as to what they're doing and what kind of decisions they're making and why they're making those decisions uh, after all it's your money well so um, let's see it appears that there will be some BlackBerry devices with QWERTY keyboards set to come in 2021. That's right, BlackBerry uh, is not dead yet. Apparently, it will, they will run uh, Android as an operating system, but they'll have physical keyboards. So those who loved their CrackBerry back in the 90s will be able to get something along those lines. Um, I think it's just a licensing of the name, though, that the, that the uh, Research in Motion company isn't... Um, actually producing uh, BlackBerry devices, but that they're licensing it out. And yeah, it's a licensing partnership with Onward Mobility and FIH Mobile Limited. Um, and so um, they have been granted the rights to develop, engineer, and produce new 5G-enabled BlackBerry branded devices. Um, uh, oh, device, a, a device. They're saying very specifically that it's a solo device rather than a series of devices, and we're not sure if the partnership uh, will extend beyond one piece of smartphone hardware. So, so anyhow, back to the, hey, if you want your CrackBerry back, you'll be able to get a modern version of the BlackBerry, and, uh, and uh, you know, you can be 
right back on that keyboard tappity tapping away in 2021, um, assuming that nothing has been pushed back because of um, COVID. You know, production and design and all that kind of stuff can be. I mean, design you can pretty much have engineers working from home, but production you got to have a where a uh, a facility that's actually working. So, just depends. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Um, but uh, you know, there are a few devices that have inspired so much love as the uh, as the BlackBerry. Um, I think the original iPhone, the people that bought into it early, really, really, really love the iPhone too. But the um, the the uh, BlackBerry people were were fanatical. So um, NASA has captured what they're calling the closest asteroid flyby of Earth ever recorded. Now it's not the closest flyby of Earth because some have hit Earth. But this one was about the size of an SUV, 10 to 20 feet. It came within about 1,800 miles above the Indian Ocean before heading back into deep space. NASA scientists didn't detect the asteroid until it was already on its outbound trajectory, which may sound worrisome, but it's actually very common. Near-Earth asteroids are notoriously difficult to catch on telescope and most pass by safely, albeit quite a bit further away than this one. 1,800 miles, wow. Uh, in the case of uh, near-Earth asteroids, this was named um, uh, 2020 QG. An impact would have resulted in an exceptionally bright meteor, of which there are numerous occurrences every year. Uh, it's quite an accomplishment to find this in the first place because they pass by so fast and they're very tiny. So um, the fact that they were able to catch it and get an image of it is, is impressive. Uh, they say that the calculations show that the asteroid got turned by about 45 degrees or so as it swung by the planet. So the planet's gravity turned its trajectory, um, basically, you know, beep, made a right turn and, and off it goes into space. But 1,800 miles, that's, that's really close in terms of, um, uh, you know, things flying by in space. I mean, we're a couple hundred thousand miles to the moon. So Aaron's here. Let's get Aaron on. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Todd. How are Aaron you? held up at the radio station a little bit later today than no high problema. Hey, did you know that uh, yes, over this weekend that a an asteroid passed within eighteen hundred miles of the Earth, Seriously? above above wow, the Indian cool. Ocean. Yeah, about the size of an SUV, and and yeah, that's significantly significantly larger. I mean, closer than than uh, anything else we've caught coming by, uh, you know, spinning past the Earth. They said that when it zoomed by, that it, the, it came close enough and gravity grabbed it enough that it basically made a right turn, a 45-degree turn in its uh, trajectory. Wow. But even as big as an SUV, they said that it would have been an exceptionally bright uh, um, uh, you know, flash in the sky, but probably would have burned up. Yeah. That's a little scary. Well, it's good that it would that it would burn up, but still, that's kind of you know. You think about about asteroids coming close to the Earth, and of course, you think of all the Doomsday movies and all of that. But mm-hmm. you know, it is it, you know it could, even if it's a pebble, it'll hurt somebody if it hits them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these things come in faster than a bullet, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's it's 
1,800 miles is not very far in terms of things out in space, right? I mean, the moon itself is a couple hundred thousand miles, and this was, you know, 1,800 miles. That's, I mean, we've got satellites that are, you know, out not much higher, much farther there, you know, within that area. So, so yeah, yeah. And heck, we didn't even know it. Heck, far. Yeah, there was... yeah, well, and they said that we're actually lucky that we even caught it, that, they, that this has probably happened before and we didn't even notice it because they come in so fast and they're gone that, that, you know, to be able to get a telescope on it, find it and get a telescope on it before it's gone is almost impossible. And they just were kind of lucky to have caught it. This was 2020 QG, OG, what was it called? Not OG. <laughs> it's the original gangster QG. Yeah, 2020 QG is the name of the... Of the uh, chunk o rock uh, they said it would have resulted in exceptionally bright meteor of which there are numerous occurrences every year so so it wasn't um, you know big enough that it would have caused damage or would at least not major damage but uh, still you know just because this one wasn't big doesn't mean the next one won't be yeah. you know wow. and well, it's hard to believe that something the size of an SUV is considered not big enough, you know, to do anything. That it'll actually break up and, and not have any impact of on on the Earth in terms of, you know, things we have to be concerned about. So you know, add this to your twenty twenty bingo card. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, God. As Riots if things weren't weird enough. Fire nados and murder hornets and asteroids. Yeah. Impeachments. I mean, don't get that. That was early this year too. We started with that, so we did. Yeah, it's it's. I tell you what, 2020 is one for the books. It's bizarro. You know, we live in interesting times, and sometimes I wish we lived in boring times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's intersperse a little boring with the interesting, because holy moly. It's it's exhausting keeping. If you if you really thought about everything that's going on, it would be you'd be like exhausted and in a state of panic at the same time. Yes, and I guess that's why you know the the on yesterday's show I was I was angry because mm-hmm. um, we all know that times are dark right now. We know that, so I want I want somebody who can help us focus on the positive things. You know, just like good times have a beginning and an end dark times have a beginning and an end too this too shall pass and and so i want somebody you know i wanted i wanted positivity i wanted hope i wanted um to feel good about our nation and where we're headed and i didn't get that yesterday and so it or not yesterday last night the night before and so yesterday when i was on the show i was just i was reacting to that Mm -hmm. because you know you don't need to tell me that it's that it's scary out there right now we all know we live here we got it yeah <laughs> yeah well and especially when you you tune in and to expect something that that you've historically gotten which is the rah-rah thing which they kind of did on day two i guess is what you said that yeah, you know did. to to not do that to um to come in and and start preaching gloom and doom like i said i kind of thought it was maybe a setup that they were going to do that and then come back and say, and we're the party of happiness and hope and joy and, you know, virtually distance hugging and things like that. Yes. Um, 
And, you know, it seems like that's kind of where they're coming around to because, you know, I think Biden likes to be referred to as Uncle Joe and, and, you know, that huggable old guy, you know, that's just kind of who he is. I think he, he's he's naturally a hugger and he's had to kind of back off because yeah. of Me Too and not people not wanting to be touched and then COVID, you know, and so it's like, okay, you know. He is an old retail politician, hugging people, mm-hmm. kissing babies. That is, yeah. that is Uncle Joe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he, he's old school. And, uh, you know, it has served him. And so, you know, he's he's gotten elected to office many times being himself. And so we'll see what happens. He's also not been elected president many times. This is that not is his true. first time at bat. First time to get to this point, though. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I wonder if the if the party had nominated him instead of um, Hillary Clinton uh, last time around in twenty sixteen, who our president would be. I yeah. think it probably would have been him. It's very possible because she is sort of universally considered an absolute awful uh, um, person. I mean, you know, she might be okay at the at the the governing, but she's not a good politician. She's not good at that, that, that handshaking, that baby kissing, that she comes off as if she's irritated and put off by people. <laughs> yes. Well, you know? I don't even know if she's a great politician. I think she's a great at enriching herself. I think she is right. I think she's corrupt and you know, for well, all I said she wasn't about... a great politician. No, you said, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Politicking, I guess what, because I was, I was defining politician as the politicking of it, as opposed to the, the actual governing. Um, I think that, you know, she's... I don't even know that she's good at the governing. I don't know that that she is either. Yeah, she doesn't really have much of a track record there. I mean, she sat in the Senate for a while, and that was kind of it, Um, you know. And then was Secretary of State, and, you know, what difference at this point does it make? (laughs) Yeah. To quote her. I hate her yeah. voice. <laughs> I know Jeez, that's petty. Uh, that's very Seinfeldian of me, but her voice is like yeah. nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Seinfeldian. I like that. I like that. So, um, what I was watching yesterday instead of that was basketball. The basketball playoffs started on um, on uh, Monday. And they continued yesterday. And yesterday, for the first time in almost two decades, both the East and the West top-ranked teams, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers, lost in their first-round game. Um, the Orlando Magic surprised the Milwaukee Bucks and won uh, 122-110 to 110 and uh, seemed to handily uh, manage uh, the reigning MVP on the Milwaukee Bucks and then the Lakers showed their biggest weakness to the world again and that is that they don't have anybody who can reliably put the basketball through the hoop uh, other than their their big two and so if you can if you can shut those two down or shut one of those two down you can beat them because nobody else will pick up the slack um, and Portland showed that that uh, you know, even if they don't have a stellar game from their superstar Damian Lillard, that other people will make the shots. That he can, right. he can, he can act as a decoy, pull double teams to him because he. This is a guy who, if he he crosses the half court line, he's a he's a threat. 
he pulls up and takes shots from the the NBA logo at half court and makes them. And, wow! And because he has done that and done it repeatedly, people have to pick him up early and they double team him if he gets you know in any kind of a position where he might be able to shoot, which is basically anywhere on the court. And so, um, you know, they they did that the second half. The first half he he lit the the Lakers up. The second half, um, he then said, "Okay, fine." you're going to double team me as soon as you double team me that means there's somebody open and he throws the ball to the open man and and they were hitting their shots and you know lakers outside of those two guys there's just nobody who's really solid and reliable that you can count on making it all the time i mean there were air balls and shots to the side of the backboard um, by both teams neither of them shot particularly well but uh but the Lakers, it happened more so, and their guy, their backup guys, their their number three, four, five, six, seven guys, just aren't solid enough right now in terms of actually scoring points, and that concerns me as a Laker fan. Concerns me greatly. Well, they're so they lost. It's just in. I'm 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 stupid, and so I'm not sure how this works. How many games do they have? I mean, so are they for, done? Are they out of the playoffs? No, no, they they play a best of seven series. For each of the teams, and there's eight teams on each uh, each um, conference. So the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference each have eight teams um, that have made it. And the way it's seeded is the first place teams play the eighth place teams. So very often the first place teams have some fairly easy games because they're playing the eighth place teams. And here this year, for the first time in uh, I think since 2005, both first place teams, both the Milwaukee Bucks in the East and the Lakers in the West lost to the eighth place team on on their first game now that doesn't mean that they're going to lose the series they will go make adjustments they will come back out and they will play uh you know at least three more games if they lose all three then they're out but um you know most people are saying they think that you know both the lakers and the bucks will come back and win I personally think that the lakers have a really tough road in front of them because although they've got a very talented team uh, Portland is one of the teams that happens to have the right physical players to match up to them very, very well. And so, um, you know, they'd have had an easier time of it playing somebody who was maybe ranked a little higher even than um, Portland because Portland just happens to match up well against their strengths and skills. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll hmm. see. Um, Are you glad to have basketball back on? I am. I'm a fan. Um, it's actually my favorite sport to watch. Um, I like football as well. I'm a, uh, as you know, a Green Bay Packer fan there, but um, but I'm I'm more Laker fan than anything else. You know, I mean, I've got a Dodger hat. I, I like the Dodgers, and I've had that for years. Um, but uh, and I, and I wear it on on Dodger days. Um, yesterday, I was wearing my my Laker gear. Uh, uh, I didn't do what I've done in the past. Sometimes when they lose, I, I rip, I don't rip, but I take the, the hat off, the shirt off, and throw them in. You know, no, I don't want to a stupid team. Uh, but uh, I didn't I didn't do that last night. <laughs> so uh, is football season going to start? I think they're going to force it to start because the NFL owners absolutely want it to start. They want this, they want their money. Um, and they're going to try to figure out ways to keep some money coming in because they're not going to have people in the stands. So I think they'll start. I don't know if they'll finish. Kind of like baseball. I think, you know, baseball, I'm not sure it's going to get... They said they were going to play a 60-game season. I'm not sure. 
you know, you keep getting somebody sick here, somebody sick there, you know, what do you do? I mean, basically, I guess you do what you did before, which is you shut the whole dang team down for two weeks and then they come back uh, and reschedule those games. It seems to me that what the what the NBA is doing is is makes a whole lot more sense where yeah. everybody's quarantined and yeah. you know, they're certainly paid enough money to be able to be inconvenienced that way. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That they want to play. I've heard some sports people saying, oh, it's just it's not fair, and I don't believe that they could do it. It's too tough. It's too much of an ask. And it's like, have you ever been in the Navy? Have you ever seen guys overseas when they're away from their families for months at a time? And human they're not beings making can, millions of dollars. Yeah, human beings can do what they need to do. If they can just, you know, they, they just put their mind to it and do it. Um, these, these are professional athletes. They should be mentally tough people. And, uh, and they're getting paid, like you said, really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so suck it up and do your job, you know, and they are for the most part, you know, and there's a few who chose not to go and, and, you know, for good reasons. Um, uh, you know, if you have a family member who's, com- you know, immunocompromised or, or if you're immunocompromised, you know, you might just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to stay away for a little while. And there've been some players who did, but they're testing every day. They've gone three weeks now with no, I mean, you know, no positive tests whatsoever. Um, as the playoffs progress, they said they're going to allow some family members to come into the bubble, but they'll go through the same protocol. They'll have to test and isolate for a couple of days before they're allowed to then join their loved ones. Um, you know, and I see nothing wrong with that. You know, just sounds reasonable be, to me. Just be careful. Yeah, yeah, because the longer you go into the playoffs, the longer you've been away from family and stuff. So to let them come in and visit is, you know. As long as they're being well, safe and making sure everybody is, is you know, virus-free. Huh. So, I, 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 there's a there's a, a feeling in the fall when there's, you know, you've got football and it, there's a, it's, it's a rite of passage. It's part of our life here, you know, uh, in our modern world that football is on the TV and, uh, you know, I know people go to games. I know they're not going to be able to go to games. And, um, you know, I just, I can't imagine a fall without football. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's going to be some very limited college football, apparently, like some of the SEC is going to play. And, you know, there's a couple of the big five divisions that are going to play. Um, But, you know, Pac-12 has said, nope. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, some of the others may try to do it over the winter instead of the fall. But uh, that could be tough depending on where you live and what stadium you play in. Um, You know, I can't... uh, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Fall and football seem to go together. Um, but I've had this, like, weird tug of war going on with football over the last few years in that I have not been convinced that I should be supporting the sport because it's young men basically giving themselves brain damage for lots of money. And, and, I, and I'm very torn with that. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I really wonder when when O.J. Simpson finally passes away, that they when they when they do an autopsy, that if they're not going to find um, the CTE, what is it? Um, yeah, uh, I think I Chronic, got the acronym correct. Um, traumatic encephaly or something like that. Encephalopathy. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, because you know the the erratic, violent behavior seems to be a hallmark in a lot of the players. 
will turn it inward. Mm -hmm. They commit suicide like Junior Seau did. Um, But uh, I wonder for him, uh, I imagine, well, he's a pretty narcissistic guy, then it turns to homicide for him and a lack of impulse control. And um, I wonder if if uh, if that is his condition, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. So, I mean, I love watching football. I like rugby. So I, you know, some, every now and then I'll catch some rugby and I mm-hmm. enjoy watching that because it's a, it's a, it's a physical fast sport. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, you, you bring yeah. up a good point. Yeah. You know, and, and I know they're trying to make some rules to make things less Im- impactful. Um, I actually enjoyed watching before COVID shut it down, the XFL and some of the rule changes they had there, like, um, when they did kickoffs, they would line up instead of having the teams line up thirty or forty yards apart and come charging at each other at full speed. They would the, the two teams would would line up five yards apart. Um, the kicker would be back uh, and kick off at a distance, but the two teams were only five yards apart, so they weren't you know they couldn't get up ahead of steam and plow into somebody full speed um, to just stop that impact. Um, you know, so there's lots of things like that can kind of maybe change the 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 feel of the game and i really liked that rule i wish the nfl would um take that rule you know dwayne johnson bought the xfl so we'll see he he bought it from the guy who runs um worldwide wrestling entertainment yeah and so we'll see if uh if he and his investors are able to uh bring it back to life once we get to a little bit healthier spot but you know, I mean, I've thought about things too, like putting a weight limit on the linemen so that they, you know they're not carrying unhealthy amounts of weight. You know, back back in the in the '60s, linemen weighed 250 to 260, and and then and then they got up to 290. Now they're all like 350 pounders, you know. Yeah. And so they're they're these six seven guys who are carrying this giant gut around in order to have enough weight, you know. So they eat horribly. Even though they're working out and exercising and physically in shape, they're carrying all this extra weight in order to have bulk so that you can't move them off the line. Um, it's not a healthy lifestyle. And and no, then the, the impact of 350-pounders crashing into each other is, you know, we're, our bodies aren't made to take that kind of stuff. So if you put a limit and say you're not allowed to weigh more than X amount of pounds, um, you know, or maybe instead of making all of the equipment better and more protective, it sounds counterintuitive, make the stuff less protective so that you can't hit so hard you know if you don't yes. if you're not wearing a helmet that makes you feel like you're indestructible you won't put your head down and plow into somebody you know yeah i mean you talked yes. about rugby those guys don't aren't aren't out there wearing uh they have you know, no pads helmets and pads and stuff no, and so they're wearing shorts you know, and t-shirts yeah ironically a very very physical sport and and probably I mean I don't know the statistics off the top of my head so I'm, but but as far as I know um, less traumatic injury because people aren't all padded up like they're like they're tanks and uh, so maybe we need to go backwards with some of our protective equipment that it's it's actually making things worse. That's that is counterintuitive, but certainly I, I wonder if they're looking at things like that. Yeah, you know? I, I got to think that they are. But they've got to be careful not to change the product so much that people go, that's not football anymore, and I don't want to watch it. Yep. Wow. We're kind of bloodthirsty. Mm. Yeah. As a, as, a, as a species, human beings. Why do you think NASCAR is exciting? Yeah. It's the crashes. Yeah. It's, it and really hockey. is. <laughs> yeah. The hockey is a fun, a fun sport, but there are people who go there, go to the games just to watch the fights. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. For that matter, I went to a hockey. And ultimate yeah, the, fighting. 
yeah, the old joke, you know, I went to a hockey fight and a game broke out. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, Hockey's you know. Hockey's fun, though. Hockey's yeah. fast and fun. I'm not a big, yeah. I mean, I like watching it, but I don't know yeah. much about it. But um, I, 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 especially live, it's it's a fun, it's a fun yeah. sport. Yeah. Well, so. I like those kind of hoop net type games, you know. I mean, soccer, hockey, uh, water polo, uh, they're all sort of the same game, just slightly different mediums in which you play and slightly different rules. Basketball is really the same game. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're similar ideas of take the ball puck, um, object and put it in that net over there. And me and my teammates will try to move it down according to whatever the rules are about how we're allowed to touch and handle and pass. And the people on the other team will try to stop us from putting it in the net. And if they get control of it, then they'll try to put it in our net, you know? And it's, I mean, those, the, that game, that basic game is played in lots of different ways. Yes, it is. You know, and and it's just I think that's human nature to play those kinds of things. You know, I really liked when they um, I used to uh, when I was in college several times went to uh, MISL Major Indoor Soccer League games and indoor soccer like hockey is very fast. Whereas you know hockey and outdoor on a pitch can be a slow game. There's there's you know clock management and things like that, and it's a very long game. They played indoor indoor hockey is more like basketball. I mean, in, indoor soccer rather is more like basketball in terms of its pace, and it was very interesting to watch. Um, so Tobin has gone to arena football games. Um, I've gone and, with him. Oh yeah, okay, and they're apparently very fast. Yeah, L.A. Kiss. I've got a hat that we both we <laughs> bought match we bought matching hats for the L.A. Kiss, owned by oh, Paul Stanley by, and Gene is it Simmons. Owned by Gene Simmons. Yeah, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are the co-owners of the L.A. Kiss. Um, I don't know if that league is still, uh, I mean, obviously with COVID they're not operating, but I don't know if they're still solvent and work or, uh, in, uh, or not. Um, but uh, but I, uh, I very much, in fact, just the other day I was cleaning, going through boxes, trying to get stuff out of my storage and found a, a box of some old baseball hats that I hadn't worn in a while. And so I sorted through and said, I'm going to get rid of a bunch of these. But um, uh I saved one from the uh, first CIF championship that I coached. And so I said, oh, yeah, i got to hang on to that one. Um, and uh, and then I found one from the arena football game when we went to it. Cool. So I was just thinking about that literally yesterday. So uh, I am on the IFL's website, and I'm not seeing Los Angeles as having a team. Um, but there's San Diego Strike Force is a team. And um, the Oakland Panthers, Arizona Rattlers, and uh, then a lot from places that are farther away. Frisco Fighters. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Inaugural so season was... Go ahead. They, they shut down in 2019, ceased operation. The league. Completely. Completely. Arena Their football. website is still up. Yep. They uh, filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, dissolving the league for the second time. In October of 2019, so before COVID. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Shed a tear for the arena football because it was fun. Okay, so on their website, on their website, they are they're still um, the IFL. That's it was it the Independent Football League. They are still. Um, uh, they have news releases, and there was the last one came out July twenty eighth. So uh, they're talking about their 
commitment to the community and their bright future. And so, you know. Okay, that's indoor football. That's different than arena football, different leagues. So maybe they're trying to start something back up and calling it IFL instead of AFL. Oh, so, arena okay. football league the yeah if you if you go to wikipedia the arena football league shut down on the night uh, in october and their arenafootball.com is no longer there so they are shut down um but ifl maybe is a reboot maybe um maybe i don't know if there's same people involved or if it's just some other people saying you know we can make it happen we'll try it again <laughs> yeah yeah i, mean, I had no idea because arena football, um, although they had shut down once before, had run for quite a while. They'd been going, you know, kind of an ongoing concern. But, uh, hmm. Huh. Did you know that the Green Bay Packers head, quarter, uh, head coach was quarterback of the Omaha Beef? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. The Omaha that's Beef. A, that's That's funny. awesome. <laughs> that's funny. Well, cows are going to, you know, protest, and they're going to say that's being, you know, unfriendly to cows. You have to change your name to be... <laughs> Omaha, <laughs> Omaha steers. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That would have been perfect. That would have been awesome. Yeah. So I have I have a crazy story. Um, uh, and, and the apparently this is a this is a um, a Joe Exotic Tiger King kind of story. So the zoo that was owned by the Tiger King, uh, by Joe Exotic, who's now in prison, and uh, that that went to um, Jeff Lowe. Uh, that then was transferred ownership was to Carol Baskin or um, uh, hang on just a second. Let me start over in June. The judge judge gave control of the Oklahoma zoo once once run by Joe exotic and now owned by Jeff Lowe to the uh, then, then on to Carol Baskin. Now more bad luck are bad news for Lowe. So I guess the transfer hasn't, but, the, the ruling took place, but the transfer hasn't happened. The Department of Agriculture this week suspended his license to exhibit big cats or other USDA-regulated species at the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park in Thackerville, Oklahoma, or anywhere else in the U.S. Uh, TMZ, re- yeah, right? TMZ is reporting the suspension is for 21 days due to a recent uh, due to recent agency inspections that showed neglect of some of the zoo's animals, including a weak-looking lion cub, two old wolves with body sores from bad sleeping conditions, they're probably sleeping on concrete, and a pair of emaciated grizzly bears. Um, Investigators also said that three dozen animals or so are missing, and the site's refrigerated truck was emitting an odor of decaying flesh. That's disgusting. Uh, Lowe tells a different story on what happened to the zoo. Of course he did, because, you know, he's an honest guy. Uh, in a Tuesday Facebook post, Lowe said that he made the decision a month ago to go permanently close the zoo, which he'll soon have to hand over to Baskin, and that he contacted the USDA, USDA to hand over his license of his own volition. Suspiciously, less than 24 hours after I contacted the USDA to voluntary, voluntarily forfeit my license, they notified me that they are suspending my license for 21 days for a litany of falsehood. Yeah, they're not falsehoods. I don't believe a word this man says. There's the, the very agency that has given my facility five consecutive perfect inspections has now folded to the pressure of PETA and continues to make false as allegations against me. This is according to Lowe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said a new park is in the works. 
but for now during the pandemic it's going to be a virtual experience only serving as a private film set for Tiger King related television content for cable and streaming services <laughs> wow so Carol Baskin's probably going to go in shut it down and and put those animals in safe places because um, mm -hmm. you know I her her zoo for all of the and we talked about this when this was going on her zoo for all of the lies that Maldonado told Maldonado passage being Joe exotic um, uh, has been she's gotten a hundred percent rating um, and uh, and is fully accredited by the USDA and every partner organization that has brought wild cats to her big cats to her her organization has said that it is it is beautifully run and operated now should she pay her staff she apparently runs on volunteers only yeah you probably should pay your staff if you're bringing in money you've got the money to handle it then pay your staff um, yeah. but as far as the animals care they are they're in good they're well fed they've got room to run um they're they're doing just fine yeah yeah well i mean you know the the um people who made the the tiger king um docudrama <laughs> Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, cer <laughs> certainly had a um, a perspective that they were trying to to pitch, and a lot of it was sort of this is the perspective and point of view of Joe Exotic, right? Of Maldonado, yes. and so everything was skewed around that kind of telling his story from his perspective, um, and so it, they they painted a very uh, curious picture of lots of other people around and so you know a, like you said you can you can watch it for its entertainment value as much as anything else and and you know i, I wouldn't um, put too much stock in it being a uh, an accurate description of everybody who was filmed because i don't think it was um and uh and I'll leave it at that you know it's 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 uh, uh i don't know it's I think it goes to that that sensibility that we had talked about earlier, sort of innate within us, that we like to watch train crashes. You know, we watch, <laughs> we watch, and that's what that movie. There, the movie that that series, that that mini series was was just it, 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 it was a train wreck from day one. You knew this was not going to end well the moment you the first scene. You met that guy and you went, "This ain't going to go good." And and you know? is Carol Baskin eccentric? Sure, but so what? Does she care for her animals? That's what I care about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and if there's questions about the disappearance of her previous husband, then you know that has nothing to do with the animals. And if 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 she's found to be involved in some foul play there, then you know she'll pay the price for that. But but uh, you know it, that had little or nothing to do with with the uh, telling of the Tiger King story. It was just an interesting aside, sort of like the you know what happens in Area Fifty One. Who cares? No, it's, it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't believe that she did it. I don't believe that she killed her husband. They're doing another investigation. The first time they investigated, mm -hmm. they um, they did not find any evidence that she had done anything to her husband. And so, right. you know, her, her late husband. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I I it was all legal and above board. And, yes, they're investigating yeah. again. But, you know, as I posted on Facebook many times and we talked about on the air, you know, this is taking the word of a visibly yeah. crazy person in in Joe Exotic. Yeah, although know? although the the daughters and ex wife of her husband um, are the ones that were suing because they were saying that the the they wanted um, more money. 
Well, obviously, I'm sure, absolutely. But that 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 there was some, there is some some questionable wording in the in the uh, will that she produced. But then that had to have been reviewed by a court and said, yeah, that's fine. So, you know, is what it is. Um, it'll be worked out. <laughs> you know, in 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 the United States, you can sue anybody for anything anytime. You know, doesn't mean you're going to win. Absolutely true. Doesn't That's mean you're going to win. True. You know, so uh, so you know, the courts will figure it out, and uh, and if they find it to be frivolous, then they will find somebody for filing frivolous lawsuits. You know, I mean, it's exactly it's um, uh, yeah, exactly. it's some some strange people, and because they all are exactly. Um, what, what was the term you used? Um, eccentric. Eccentric. Yes. Because because everybody involved is eccentric to some extent, uh, and it makes for interesting television, which is maybe a little unfortunate. But because uh, you know, not everybody wants to live their life with cameras in their face. Although some people clearly absolutely revel in it. Um, yeah. I, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. So with that, we are out of time. Wow, time flew again. This day just goes and goes and goes. Now you can step outside into the pea soup heat and enjoy the, <laughs> the baking of Southern California and Southwest United States. Uh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. So I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.